Hello, everyone. I'm Al Daldegan, creator and producer of the Leaders, Innovators, and Big Ideas podcast, supported by Rainforest Alberta. This podcast showcases the people who are working to improve Alberta's innovation ecosystem. This episode is brought to you by Assembly Coworking Space. Assembly has been home to some of Calgary's brightest tech startups and small businesses for almost a decade. If you're looking for a co-working space, check out assemblycs.com. This episode is hosted by Peter Bodway. Peter manages strategy and partnerships for an innovative alliance of energy companies committed to reducing environmental impacts through collaborative R&D efforts. Peter worked for more than 20 years in Asia, building and investing in a variety of businesses. His most recent role outside of Canada was with the World Wildlife Fund, where he was the chief executive officer of WWF China, based in Beijing. Prior to that, Peter lived in Hong Kong for 15 years working in the technology industry. So now I'll pass the mic to Peter for his conversation with Ken Sheck and Joel Magelnik. Take it away, Peter. So thanks, Al. Hi, my name's Peter Bodway, and I'll be your host of today's Rainforest podcast. Today's guests are Ken Sheck, who's the CEO of BeLive Music, and Joel Magalnik, their Director of Product Design. BeLive Music is an Edmonton-based company, and they have a performance platform that enables musicians to host virtual shows. So Ken, Joel, welcome to the show. Thanks so much. We're so happy to be here. Yeah, thanks, Peter. Good to be here. First question, I guess I'll, I'll direct to Ken, is ask, so, so tell us a little bit about BeLive Music. Absolutely. I, I think I could tell it a couple ways. There's, there's the story and then there's the backstory. The backstory goes many years ago. And my friend Matt and I grew up together and Matt was this amazing musician. You know, we had this great friendship and then we, we went our separate ways. And meanwhile, I was gone and he, he developed this great career locally. I came back to town one year and I was there and I was really struggling, to be honest. It was, I don't want to get into it too much, but it was definitely a low point in my life. And he ended up inviting me into this group. He was just so welcoming it. And I got to be a part of his band. And I'm not saying a part of the band as a musician, but he brought me in and into this community. And it was the first time that I really fell in love with live music. I didn't have a place in the band as a musician, but I was able to help them as a promoter. And I was really good at talking about their music and talking them up to venues and other fans. So it turned into this great time in my life and really pulled me out of a bit of a tough spot. And it was the first time that I realized that musicians need help promoting themselves. I didn't really pick up on it right away, I'll be honest, because I went about my life for the next five or 10 years in my own career. But looking back out, there's this, these echoes of, and these signals that kept coming back to me about this music experience. Fast forward to now, when we got BeLive going, that's what we're working on. And so this question came up for us is, where does live music go between concerts? That's where the problem started for us. Where does it go between concerts? And when you think about that question, it unfolds a number of of problems and pain points. Too many to go into all of them, but what we've discovered and identified as the core problem is that grassroots musicians really lack sufficient promotion. Because of that, they don't get the opportunities that they need to, fr- to thrive. And the implications of that are, you know, can be quite depressing all the way to these poor musicians. They, they give up on their craft 
and the fans of the music, we lose out on amazing performances, amazing music, and the creation that moves the music industry forward. So to tackle this problem, we launched a technology solution that combines hosting and live music. We're building this platform that builds a, a huge network of hosts that creates this new conduit, a new gateway for performers of any level to reach audiences in an easy, convenient way that anybody can access. Great. And, and I do got to give a shout out. So I do have to say I listened on the weekend and I listened to two musicians, Hal and Herman, who were two Edmonton musicians. And they had a live show on the weekend. I listened in. It was great. And, and I think I really appreciate, Ken, where you say it's introducing them to new audiences because I would have probably never heard of these guys. Right. They're small, small community in Edmonton. And I could listen to and see them in Calgary. So, yeah, it's great. It was a great experience. So but shout out to those two. Uh, for sure. But, and, yeah. and like, really, like they're they're getting their career started. They're they're students right now. And this is one of the first venues that they've been able to play and showcase their talents. So as, as a promotion vehicle, like this is a way to get bands in at that first level to actually do performance and put themselves in front of an audience. Well, I guess, Joel, talk me through that, because let's talk about the uh, the uh, the musician first. Right. So. If, if a musician's interested, like what, what do they do and what does that process for them looks like, right? Because it's, it's kind of if they're a, a, a touring musician, they know what it's like to go to a bar, but now they're doing, this is a different process. So what does that look like? Yeah. So this is the reason why we do the hosted shows. And when we say a hosted show, that is they have somebody who's presenting the show for them. It's a, another person or, you know, it could be people even, even though we haven't seen that happen yet, that that this person really presents the show for them, that they have a conversation, kind of like what we're doing right now with the podcast, that you're hosting the podcast, that the host can help with setting up the show, actually going into the app and doing the scheduling. They can talk with the performers beforehand and really get to know them if they don't know them already to understand some of their backstory, to talk a little bit about some of their songs and understand that. And then during the show itself, really provide that facilitation. So they're bringing the musicians on stage. They are talking up their social media. They are talking up how they, the musicians can get a tip during the show. So this, there, there can be a cash incentive involved for doing this. They can really be doing that conversation. So it's not necessarily about an interview, but it's talking about like, this is the background. This is the the music that you know and love and and why is that what who are your inspirations we actually had a show just the other night with two sisters one is the host and one is the performer and because they've known each other their entire lives it was one of the most fun shows that we've had because you could see that the love between the two of them and that connection that's really the experience that we're striving to create and so as far as that process goes we're, we tried to make that onboarding as simple as possible. So you download the app, the BeLive Music app. You can get it from Android or iPhone stores. You install it. You sign up. The sign up process is as simple as putting in your phone number. And then you can just go to a little button on the app that says host or perform. You sign up. And once you're signed up for, for that part of the app, which is asking a few questions, popping in a bio and pictures, then you can just schedule a show. And again, that's as simple as putting in the date and time. We're 
building functionality to go direct to your Instagram or Facebook accounts, but you can also share that show with your friends and then it's, you got to start promoting it. And the host can set that up. The performer can set that up. Then they just take it from there. Then they, they hit another button and they go live. The big draw is like I had mentioned when I'd listened to Hal and Herman, I had never seen these guys or heard of them. And I, I found the app and went on. But but I guess is that's the big opportunity is growing these these new artists, new audiences, right? People they've never heard of before. So what's the plan to grow those audiences? So Ken, Joel, I'm not sure how you want to answer. I think digging into the host aspect is really important to how we do that. And, and we create this extra attraction for performers. And we've had, we've been lucky enough to have these early performers where it was their first time performing anywhere, not, not just online, but anywhere, whether it was in person, online, whatever. And that really thrills us. The same thing works though for established musicians, but we are really focusing in that grassroots area and that local kind of level, because what we can do with an online tool like this is we can attract and overlap networks, especially with the hosts being involved. Actually, an interesting thing about the the show you're mentioning is the performers are also in broadcasting school. So they're actually some of our hosts as well. And so you can start building this community where you play dual roles and you can start introducing new people to that you like to host with to your network. And there's this reciprocation that happens. And it's really interesting to see how the opportunities start to build and grow. I mean, we're very early in what we're doing and we're already seeing some very positive results. In terms of how we want to grow, we're really focusing in on that host role and building up a solid base of hosts because they tend to bring musicians with them. They have the relationships. They know people that they want to spotlight. And it's that connection, just like Joel said with the sisters, that really helps to make a strong show and it lets us into the the life and environment and relationship of those artists and actually ultimately we want to be giving fans the opportunity to create that relationship as well and, and it's interesting like you said that that you know you're looking for the hosts that then build the community well are, are a linchpin in the community but i wanted to explore a little bit it's interesting because when i think of how i consume music or listen to music, sometimes even watch music. When I go on an app, in a way, the app curates music for me, right? Because it knows my likes, my dislikes, and goes into that process. And in a way, there's a vetting process there. Or when I go to a bar and see a live show, there's a vetting process. So how how do you attract and vet the artist? Or is there a vetting process? Let me me ask you a question. When you go on to like Spotify or, or Apple Music or whatever platform you're using, and you get this curated playlist, how many of those artists do you know already? And how much are you getting introduced to new performers? Oh, I think there's always a steady stream of new of new coming in, right? Uh-huh. But but it's not, of course, it's, but how much do you, of that do you consume? That's the question. You can't go right. through it all. That's the big challenge, right? Right. And, and so one of the problems we're seeing with streaming is that it has become this this way that traditional institutions, that well-known artists are getting more attention, that these platforms are really more heavily skewing in that direction. And so for a lot of these new performers, they're not getting the opportunity, even if they can put their music onto these services, they're they're not getting that 
same level of opportunity for discovery because the algorithms are heavily skewing in that direction. So when we're talking about vetting on our platform, we really don't want to be doing a whole lot of vetting at this point. We want to be able to say that for this person who has performed on BeLive for the very first time, that they have the same opportunity for discovery as somebody who's got millions of followers, millions of fans, and, and in that touring mode already. Yeah, no, and that's fine because you end up with a, a way of self-selecting in a way. You know, you build right. a community. So, yeah. That's a good good term to use for it, Peter. What I think is also something very fascinating that we've discovered and we've really leaned into is the authenticity of following a host. So rather than being too picky and too focused on trying to find the performers that you like, we put some trust in a host, just like with a podcast. We might not know all of the guests that are going to come on to this Rainforest podcast here, but we know that Peter, Al, you're going to put together good content. So I'm going to put my trust in you. How many, how many hosts do you have at the moment? We've had probably put it at least a half dozen and some have, okay. have done multiple shows. We actually just launched the app in December. So, oh, okay. So it's still relevant. Okay. Oh you know, yeah. We're, we're only a couple a months. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so, you know, part of that host network is to get hosts and musicians to bring on other hosts yeah. and create really that network effect to continue growing. And coming back to that promotion part, the network effect really plays a part in that as well. Like I can remember one, we, we've talked to tons of people before we even built anything. And I can remember that one of the people that we spoke with tried to start a career as a manager. And he had represented what it was like five or six bands. I think, Do, was, does that sound mm-hmm. correct, Ken? Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah, and every single one of those bands hit a point. It, it was, you know, we, we can call it that tipping point where either they go big or they go home and they went home. Like there, there was definitely that point of fear of getting to that next level. And, you know, maybe that was, oh, we got to get a tour bus or, you know, who knows what that life is going to be like. And I'm just going to you know, find myself a job as a, a teacher or a, you know, in an office or something, because there, there was that fear. And we're really hoping that with hosts to help guide these musicians along, that they really can get to that next level. Because you're just starting off the app, but goodness, mm-hmm. I, I thought it was a few more. So let's say four months old now. So you're, you're, you're growing. So now's the opportunity for any hosts out there, musicians to get in on the ground floor, but we, we want term, to for sure. Yeah. You, okay. <laughs> but, and, and, but longer term, I guess is what's the, how do you monetize the app or what's the process there? Cause you'd mentioned Joel, that there's an opportunity for the musician to earn some, some, you know, depend, I don't know, almost lack of a better term. It's almost like tips on the, on the system, but what's the plan to monetize the app? Yeah. Our monetization plan is really based around the traditional advertising model and sponsorship. We've got a whole bunch of other ideas that I think are, I want to say more specialized and they're things that we we intend to experiment with. We've got, we've got this great backlog of, I think they're pretty cool ideas. But advertising is our go-to. It's it's a tried and true model. And as we build this host base and generate our user base, that's where we're going to start. Yeah. One, one thing that we noticed with conversation with musicians was that getting onto a stage, and this was whether it was during COVID or not, that 
getting onto a stage was really challenging, especially, you know, those, those first couple of years when you're, you know, maybe you're just going into a club or a restaurant and, you know, taking their stage, but the, the owners of those venues would often want the musician to pay to be able to play. And one of the conversations I recall, like session musicians were saying that it was becoming a more widespread practice. And we want to be as musician forward as possible. We don't want to charge musicians to share their creativity with the world. We feel like it's actually the opposite. They should be getting paid. They're putting all this blood, sweat, and tears and overcoming a fear of performing for a lot of them to to really put themselves out there. So to have to plunk down cash to be able to do that just feels counterintuitive to us. No, and that, that's a great point, Joel, because there is the, you know, with all of the platforms out there, like you say, even all the Spotify's of the world, the model is they're not they're not getting any traction. So and and if you're not getting traction there and the bars want you to pay, how do you break in, right? It, it is that so this platform as a as a free service to them is is yes. ideal. Yeah, and that break-in point using the host as that wedge and that that glue as well. And and so they get to become a partnership that they're the creators and these shows can become anything you want it to be. They but they are meant to happen in between gigs too. So we're not saying don't do in-person concerts because in-person concerts are amazing. Yeah. But in between that there's all this lag time where there's opportunities to earn money to perform, to hone your craft, to connect with people. And, and using the host as a gateway is just a perfect matching point. And, and one thing that we do recognize, actually, is that being on that stage creates a level of energy. Like being in a room with a lot of other people cheering you on just provides, it's such a, like it's a, such a dopamine rush, right? Like it's, you know, there, there's an energy that as much as even we want to replicate there's no way that we're going to be able to replicate that from watching a show on your phone. But we want to be able to create that as much as we can. And, and so we've built in things like, you know, unique, I guess we could call them innovations like clapping and cheering, you know, so the artists can actually hear that direct feedback and not think that they're playing into the ether. So in some ways, replicate that feeling of being on a stage when they can't be on a stage. No, and it's and it is a virtual environment, but again, the more you can make that feeling go, the better. So again, like I said, I've listened in and I thought, yeah, there was a buzz. There was definitely a buzz. And it's a small, intimate show, right? It's it's For really sure. you're able to hear the artists talk and they laugh. Like it is, it's not just a concert, it's in a different, you know, it's a different, it's a different venue. So and you yeah. never know, you never know what's gonna happen. And so, what's amazing so, about it, Peter, is like you said, these people are just around the corner and we've had so many shows already that have just surprised us and we expected big things from the performances and then they just exceeded those expectations. But then sitting there in your home and realizing that that performer was two blocks away from me and this other performer was three blocks away from me and around the corner, it's really inspiring. And it also tells us that there's so much talent out there that is underrepresented and, and needs to be heard. It, it's very motivating. So I did want to switch gears a bit and ask, sure. I mean, just about your growth journey, because obviously you said you've just launched the app, right? Or and it's going live and you, you're getting some traction. So I understand that you're looking to raise some funds. So I'll ask you, so can you tell us about the raise and what will be what will you be using the funds for? Yeah, we're heading into a fundraising around starting next month. We're just getting our ducks in a row to do that. 
we it's not our first round so we did raise money about a year ago friends and family round and it was a very successful round to get us to this point and we we've, we've worked really hard to get out in the community and figure out exactly what we want to build and which is exactly where this hosting angle was discovered and developed and now we've got our product market fit we feel very strongly about that so we want to aggressively start to grow and expand because we've really just focused on Edmonton as our test bit and we haven't had any marketing campaigns and so now we're prepared to do that we want to take this product beyond Edmonton and and grow and that's what we're going to do with our seed round we'll raise some money and we'll start spreading across western Canada and then Canada and we're not going to stop if we look forward 24 months, so, you know, you've had a successful raise. So how will, you know, where will Be Live Music be or how will it change in the next 24 months? So I think if we're talking about our product roadmap itself, we want to see, we want to make sure that we're keeping that simplicity that we've built into the app so far. But we want to continue creating tools that help people share it because we you know, we, we do want to be putting some of this raise into marketing budget just to make people aware of it. But we want to be able to build tools in to facilitate as much word of mouth growth as possible. Because what we're finding is that when people are getting joy from using this app, whether it's watching a show or performing in a show, that they're telling other people about it. So 24 months from now, we want to see a lot more stability in the quality of the build of the app which, you know, strong now, of course, and, and people are, are using it well, but we want to be able to have not just one or two musicians show up in the narrow frame of your phone. Like we want to be able to facilitate bands performing on this and using their gear and plugging in, for example, to get the best possible sound that they want to get, as opposed to just, you know, the the internal settings of of the phone or the, you know, the, the the platform that's that's doing the streaming, for example. So being able to grow that out to be a place where people come because they realize they're going to get a good experience and they know their audiences are going to get the same experience. I agree with everything that Joel said. And in, maybe in addition to that, when I look 24 months ahead, I see continuous content on the app. I see fans being able to turn the app on anytime and find something that is interesting to them. And it's live music, it's happening right now. And it's within some form of community that they wanna be involved in through the host, through their location, or through the performer that they wanna hear. And I see that as being part of our roadmap and building these online communities and scenes that we can attend live music and fill those gaps in between, in between concerts and experience the joy of live music anytime, anywhere. Yeah, and I think the, the last thing I did want to say about that too is that we also want to be seen as a venue for community groups or companies that want to do special private shows. They don't want to fly an artist in, for example, that they can be providing shows for their stakeholders, their audiences, their owners, let's say, to have that special experience for a performer that they might not otherwise be able to access. So providing that accessibility in those manners or for people who aren't able to travel to see a show to get to a show on Be Live and, and see their favorite performers no matter where they are. I mean, obviously you have a raise, There's you're looking for hosts, you're looking for musicians. So I guess if, if listeners want to know more about Be Live Music, what should they do? 
Well, there's a number of ways they can do that. Number one, download our app. You can search B Live Music. That's the letter B, L-I-V-E Music in your app stores. Uh, you can go to our website, www.belivemusic.com. And if you want to see how active we are, follow us on social media. Our handle is at Gotta Be Live. And, and that's on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. Well, that's great. I think you guys have great opportunity. So look, I want to wish you luck and to say, Ken and Joel, I want to say thanks for your time today. Yeah, I really appreciate it. It's been a lot of fun. Thanks for having us. It's been a breeze. So if you like this episode, please subscribe to the podcast and thanks for listening. If you haven't already, visit rainforestab.ca and sign the Rainforest Social Contract. Become part of the inclusive, silo-busting, sector-agnostic, all-industry, open-sourced, ego-shrinking, ecosystem-building, entrepreneur-focused, wide-open, social barrier-smashing community known as Rainforest Alberta. This episode was brought to you by Assembly Coworking Space. If you're looking for a co-working space, check out assemblycs.com. Music for the show was created by Tony Deldegan. Please be sure to share this episode with everyone you know. Also, don't forget to come by and say hi at the next Rainforest event. Let us know what you think of this podcast. If you're interested in being either a host, sponsor, or a guest of the show, send me an email at rainforestpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.